So tonight, we're going to continue our series in Genesis, and you should have a piece of paper there that says transformation, which is the topic for tonight. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, Jacob's dream. We'll review that briefly. And then last week, we got into Jacob's life being uh, chosen and dealt with and uh, brought to the Lord. And so tonight, we want to go on and see a little bit more about Jacob's life. And if you haven't done the reading, <clears throat> sorry, I recommend you read these chapters in Genesis to get a real picture because his life and our lives are very similar. Uh, it's not just a story thousands and thousands, <coughs> thousands of years ago. Sorry. <clears throat> but it's, <clears throat> come on, boys, you've got to make it here. I need my voice, Lord. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I hope there'll be some application for our lives because very similar. So how about we uh, look at the title here all together? Transformation for God's building. Good. And by the way, if you got your pizza late, you can just keep eating and spin around. Make yourself comfortable. We apologize for the late pizza. They <clears throat> didn't get the order. Right. Okay, so uh, four Roman numerals here. Uh, God wants his building. That's point number one. And for building, we need to be transformed. That means there needs to be some change going on. We'll get into this. And then all things working together to transform us. We want to see this tonight. This was Jacob's case. And then finally, what is transformation? It is a inward change. So we'll touch on this. So four simple points. God wants his building. We need to be, for building, we need to be transformed. So he's working all things out to transform us so that we can have this inward change in our being. You see the, the sequence here? First of all, we start with God's purpose. There's no need for transformation. If there's no purpose of God, then why be transformed? It's for a purpose, not just for your own individual overcoming or glory, but for God's very purpose. He needs transform man. So we need to undergo this change. So he works out all things to accomplish this change, because we may not choose it by our own natural choice. And then this inner change, this inner metabolic change reconstitutes us for God's building. Okay, so Roman number one, God wants his building. Let's have all the girls read that sentence under God wants his building. Go. Okay, so just real quick, you remember there was a dream, a strange dream. He saw heaven open. Jacob was uh, going, traveling. He didn't reach his destination. So he took a rock, a stone, and he placed that stone on the ground. And then he was weary from his traveling, so he rested, and he put that stone for his pillow. Strange. He's resting, and then this dream appears. And he sees a ladder that's set up on the earth, and it's reaching all the way up into heaven. And he sees the angels of God 
ascending and descending on that ladder. And then if you read John, the interpretation of that dream is that the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, would be set up on the earth. And the Lord Jesus interprets that dream as he is a ladder that connects earth and heaven, and the angels of God are ascending and descending. So there's this traffic. So he sees, he has his awesome dream, then he wakes up from that dream. And he takes his stone, and he sets it up as a pillar. Okay? So he sets it up. The stone representing transformed man, not clay, which we were made from our natural creation by the Lord. He sets it up as a pillar. So this stone, transformed man, is not only the material for God's building, it's also the supporting structure. A pillar, this building, look at these pillars right here. You pull those pillars out and we're toast. It's over. All the engineers know structure, foundation means everything. We all look at the paint and all the wall coverings, but the, the engineers are looking down beneath for support. And so then he does something quite unusual. He takes some oil and he pours that on the stone. Oil. He pours it on the stone. What are you doing, Jacob? And then he calls that the house of God, <laughs> Bethel. And I'm not sure if he knew what was going on, but actually that stone represents him. And the transformation process is what he was going to be going through for the rest of his life. I don't know if he connected the dots, but now we, we see it because we have the New Testament interpretation. So that is the house of God. That is a dwelling place where heaven and earth are connected through Jesus Christ. Divinity, the Son of God, being the Son of Man, taking on human life, divinity and humanity together as one person, that is God's dwelling place. It's not a physical structure. We saw the verse I think Paul shared that heaven is my throne, God says, the earth is my footstool, but where is my house? Where is my place of rest? And then the answer is, to this man will I look. I'm fine, ruling from the heavens. My feet are comfortable on the earth, but where is my resting place, Brian? Where? It's not heaven, it's not earth, it's man. To this man, a transformed man. A man that has both divinity and humanity. That's God's building. Okay, so you got the picture. That's the dream. God wants his building. Okay, then point number two is that for building, we need to be transformed. That is change. There needs to be a change going on. And how about the guys read the sentence under this? Go. Same as us. Our natural life by birth with our natural strength and ability is not adequate for God's building. It's because we are fallen men and we're corrupt, we're full of self, we're full of our own purpose and actually we're enemies of God. So that kind of material, which is clay, if I had a clump of clay up here, you wouldn't think about building a building with clay. Clay is very poor soil even to put a building on because it expands, it contracts. No, no, no. 
That's what we are by our fallen condition. So God cannot use that. Even if we are in our natural state and we want to do something for God outwardly, it doesn't come to any profit because it's by a fallen man. So there has to be a change. I want you to pick this up. There has to be a change. We need to be transformed. And Jacob's life, if you read 32 through 37, you see him working out with his older brother who he had gotten the birthright from. Esau was going to kill him, he thought. So he's, con he's conniving, he's scheming, try to save his life, save some of his family. So he's working out this. Jacob, by the way, is a supplanter, a trickster, which we all are. God sovereignly had him born second, although he was chosen to be served by the older. God arranged he would come out second to show that his natural life, which he strove, his life, was not able. So Jacob's life is filled with struggles. In fact, God changes the name to Israel, which actually means struggling with God, wrestling with God. So Jacob is trying to spare his life, Esau, from dying under Esau's hand. Then also, he wrestles with God. I mean, come on. This, he, this man was actually God there in human form, and he wrestled him all night. How, what kind of strength is that? And he prevailed. Jacob prevailed. I mean, that guy had some awesome ability. <laughs> and then so the Lord touched his thigh, and he had to walk with a limp then, showing that he needed to be transformed to change. His natural strength, his natural walk, no good. Now you're going to go, you're going to depend on the Lord. The Lord's touched your life. You need the Lord. So that, that shows his uh, transformation. Then, if that's not enough, among his 12 boys, two of them, because his daughter got defiled, his boys go into this village and they slay all the men. And so now Jacob's horrified. These people are going to come and wipe us off the map. What have you guys done? I mean, what kind of dealing is that? I mean, my boys have gotten in trouble, but wow, at least they haven't wiped out a whole city yet. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a parent's grief that, that, that Jacob was being dealt with. If that's not enough, his dear wife, who he loved dearly, uh, was bearing Benjamin, and at childbirth, the Lord takes her away from him. So there, his first love, he's grieved, and he loses uh, Rachel. And then, after that, another one of his sons, the first son, comes in and has uh, an affair with one of his concubines, Jacob's concubines. So there is another failure in his family and uh, shame. And then one more dealing is his favorite boy. He, he had preferential treatment for his children and he loved little Joseph. And because he cared for little Joseph, the other 11 were jealous. And so they planned to do away from Joseph and this broke Jacob's heart. I mean, this was further transformation, further dealing, further circumstances. So the Lord put him, I hope you'll read these chapters, put him in a lot of different circumstances, a lot related with family. So the Lord will use situations to transform us. And that's point number three. Let's read point number three. Go. All things working together to transform us. Now let's have everybody read the sentence under here. Go. 
the full picture of the Holy Spirit's discipline. By the way, I forgot to mention the oil in the Bible is the Holy Spirit. So when he poured the oil on the pillar, that meant there was a oneness, an identification of God, the Spirit, with this transformed man. So the Lord not only works in us to anoint, meaning to come inside and move inside of us, that joy you sense. Some of you just received the Lord this last few weeks. You've, you've let the Lord come into you. And I've heard your testimonies that, wow, I'm enjoying this life in me. Well, that is the spirit of life, God's life inside of you. That's a real joy. I remember my first receiving. I'm still enjoying. So that's the work of the spirit to come in. And Sean, I know you're just, I've heard testimony. At Freshman Connect, you said, my life got changed. That Freshman Connect was full of joy, laughter. Oh, it was just tremendous, wasn't it, Sean? Okay, that's the Spirit's working in us, anointing. But the Spirit also works in our environment. And a lot of times we miss this because we are looking for something just inward. But the Lord will arrange people, matters, things, professors, roommates, <laughs> tasks like right now at 7 o'clock, Carl just had to leave, uh, family members, financial hardship, disappointment with family members. It's all, all things. This verse says that we know that, uh, I'm on Romans 8, 29, we know that some things, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We know that the good things. Are you sure? Let's see, what does this say? We know that all, all, can you swallow that one? All? Let's all say all. all. This is God's word. He's wiser than you are and me. All things work together for good to those who love God. Anybody in here love God? Raise your hand if you love God. Raise your other hand. Say, I love God. Thank you, God, for working out all things for good. Praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, to those who are called according to his purpose, because those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed. So here's where we're going with this. He wants to conform us to the image of his son, that his son might be the firstborn among many brothers. So this is where God wants. He needs us. He wants, remember, number one, he wants a building. Number two, for building, we need to be transformed. We're not good in our natural state. Number three is he's causing all things to work together for good. All things. The things that are seemingly not so easy, not so good. Even they cause a little suffering. Maybe some of you at freshman year, you're just kind of freaked out here at UT. Like I came from a small town. This is like a bigger than any city I've been in. Uh, a lot of fears and suffering and getting lost and just and maybe phone calls from home. I, I don't know what your sufferings are. I've got mine. You've got yours. God, the goal is not that you suffer. <laughs> The goal is that those situations would cause you to turn to the Lord Jesus. He uses those circumstances to let us know we're not able, 
our strength. And Jacob just was a strong, he just tried to push through. Even he was wrestling with God. And after God dislocated his hip, he said, okay, now bless me. I mean, what kind of strength is that? I mean, you just got all night wrestling and your, your dis, dislocated hip must feel pretty that's a lot of suffering right there. But he's just going, now you got to bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Okay, so our sufferings are for a purpose that we would turn to Christ, and Christ would be, there's nothing like a suffering or a dealing that turns you because you can't make it. You can't control the situation. You can't change the situation. And, but a lot of times we're trying to change it. Just let me out. Don't squeeze me. I'm being so squeezed. Ah. Oh, ouch. Oh, Ooh. ah. Let me out of this one. Oh, Lord, just take away. Because we don't see that all things are working together. Even the Lord allows things that are difficult for a purpose. And that is to transform us. So I hope you'll pick this point up. And then let's go on to point number four. Let's all read the caption there. Transformation is an inward change. Good. Okay, so what we're talking about in this kind of change is not polishing brass to make it look like gold. We're talking about a change in nature, a change in element even a change in form. It's not laying on new regulations. I'm going to be a good boy now. I'm going to be a sweet sister now. I'm going to do everything perfect. We're not talking about that kind of a change, our change. That's not what the Bible is talking about. Either. That's not what this word means. If you look up what the word means, not talking about that. It's talking about an inward change. And if you read, let's all read the little caption under that. Transformation is an inward change. How about we all go together? Go. Yeah, so you can underline which occurs through Christ. It's a change. Uh, we see it in nature. A great example is petrified wood. It started with wood, nature of wood. Everybody's seen petrified wood, right? And through a long process over the probably millions of years, it still looks like wood, Sean, but guess what its nature is? Is it still wood? Is it still wood? It's petrified. It's minerals. It's, it's a stone. Have you ever felt it? It's heavy. It looks like wood, but it's reconstituted. You look like Sean. Oh, but you're reconstituted. I remember Sean in high school. Where are you, Chili? Did, was he in high school? Did you know him in high school? Okay, so he comes to college, and everybody knows Sean. And after one week, two weeks of freshman year, they see Sean. Ah, Sean! But they touch on now, and ooh, wow, there's something solid there, man. There is weight. <laughs> what was that? You look like Sean. Don't you? But you're reconstituted with another life, and that makes you useful, Sean, for God's purpose, for God's building. 
Awesome. So it's a change, an inward change. Even we use the word a metabolic change. Now I'm not the scientist, I'm not a nutritionist. You guys know what that means. It's receiving in some element, you know, you just ate the pizza. So it's happening right now inside of you, metabolic change. It's discharging the old cells and bringing in new vitamins and minerals and it's going on right now, automatically, right? Are you thinking about it? Are you trying to happen, make it happen? No. So as we are taking in Christ, automatically something's going on. And Sarah, I know it's going on, Sarah. She got baptized. She was a freshman connect. It's happening. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's a good amen. Okay. So you also see it in an organic way with butterflies. You know, this is more organic. That stone is uh, inorganic. I mean, it was organic, but now it got transformed into something inorganic. But a butterfly goes through four stages, and they are, first of all, what? Stage one. No, you got to have an egg or larva before that. <laughs> then the thing pops out, and it becomes a caterpillar. Then it goes into chrysalis stage where it's uh, got a little shell around it. And inside that stage, transformation's going on. Before that, it was eating voraciously, just eating milkweed all the time. It, it's, its size increases 2,000 times. And in, in two weeks, it's eating just voraciously. Then it has this chrysalis and it goes inside there. And the genes start to turn on and the brain, the heart, the digestive tract, they change shape, they enlarge, <clears throat> sturdy flight muscles are formed, strong muscles, legs, sturdy legs pop out or start to be formed, and then eventually, this is called transformation, the chrysalis cracks open, and what do you have? A little fuzzy, ugly caterpillar, which you <coughs> get that thing out of here. What do you have? Everybody loves butterflies, right? So beautiful. From that little fuzzy, hairy, prickly thing, little reed here, little fuzzy, prickly, kind of. <laughs> then through transformation, a butterfly. Because the genes, okay, you have God's genes. And just as you have Adam's genes, just as there's a soulish, there is the spiritual. You can bank on it. It's happening. So this is called transformation. This is an organic metabolic change. And we want to wrap it up with this point here. This happens in a particular part of our being. So I'd like a student, maybe an upperclassman, to come up here. And based on 1 Thessalonians 5.23, draw what man looks like with three concentric circles. So one of you brothers want to do that? Or for time's sake, I'll do it. <laughs> no one's volunteering. So the Bible reveals man has three parts. And all of us, I think, have been regenerated. You know the parts, right? The outer part connects with the physical world. That's called your body. And this is uh, inner parts, so we know what this part is, soul. And then you have the deepest part of man is a human spirit. 
So some of you got regenerated within the last few weeks. Where did this regeneration occur? There was a change that happened to you, a big change. Formerly, you did not have God's life. You were born without God's life. You decide, hey, he came and died for me. I want that life. I want eternal life. I don't want to just live, live 20, 30, 40, 60, 80 years and poof. I want to live forever. I want this eternal life. So you receive the Lord Jesus right here. This got enlivened. Where, where is this? This is your, what? Spirit. So there was a big change there. Okay, that's regeneration. Now, transformation is occurring in another part of your being. And where is that? That's your soul. So right here, you have, and this is actually, you could break it up. We don't have time tonight to look at the verses, but it's mainly got several compartments. This is uh, mind, this is emotion, and this is will. This is you. This is yourself. Formerly, this was just an organ. This was yourself, and this is an outer organ. Now, Christ has moved in there as your person, and he wants to transform your soul. So what's he want to do? He wants to break through these areas here. He wants to spread out and cause this part of your being, this part right here, to be changed. Well, let's make it green. It should be green. It's not alarm system. Right now, it's alarm system. It's red. Alarms are going off and all kinds of things. So eventually, this becomes transformed. So that's happening in your soul. Okay? Got three parts. And then this next two, these next two verses are the verses I want you to key in on for tonight. They're your takeaway verses. It shows where in the Bible it talks about transformation. And Romans 12, 2 with the girls. Let's hit it. Go. So don't be fashioned according to this age. The world is trying to fashion you. It's trying to shape you. It's crying out, be like me. Don't do, don't do that, but be transformed, be changed. Let this metabolic process expand into your soul and by the renewing of the mind. So this part right up here, our stronger part, our mind, you're all using that here at UT. You all have good minds. Otherwise, you wouldn't have, they wouldn't have taken you at UT. So I know you all have big heads. But that mind was given to you by God so you could let the Spirit fill that mind and express God and not just the worldly way. So be transformed by the renewing, the renewing, the adding of Christ into your thinking. So now it's not just Sean's thoughts from his natural man, but it's Christ's thoughts, Christ's feelings, Christ's loves, Christ's desires are now one with yours. You're one with his. Interesting, huh? This is what transformation is about. This happens inwardly, metabolically, from the inside, not outwardly. Okay, then the other verse, how about everybody on 2 Corinthians 3.18? Another word here, transformed, is used. Same word, let's go. But all... Uh, Beholding and reflecting the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory 
So we all, with unveiled face, that means you turn your heart to the Lord and the veil is taken away. We're beholding. What are we beholding in this verse? Like a mirror. Y'all all looked in the mirror today. So you're the mirror. We all like the mirror. We're now the mirror. And what do you point that mirror to? Here, me a mirror. Here, let me have here. Mirror, will mirror. Okay, this is a mirror. I should have brought my big full-length mirror, my wife's mirror. Okay, whatever this mirror beholds, it beholds. Now it's beholding Paul Bixby. Now it's beholding Jared. But it beholds the Lord. It beholds the Lord, and it reflects the Lord. So here, what's your name? Matt. Matt. Okay, so if he's beholding the Lord, behold me. Beholding me, so I'm infusing him. And what do you see in the reflection? The Lord. The Lord. So we're like a mirror beholding the glory of the Lord. We're being, by doing that, we're being transformed as we behold the Lord. He's coming in and he's changing metabolically, inwardly, sweetly changing. And so now we're being changed from glory. It says being transformed from glory, one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Matt, I hope you'll be hanging out with him. And by the time he's a senior, there'll be more glory, more Christ, and rotten him and more expression. Do you believe it? Yeah. And same with you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> by beholding. So it's not like trying to, you know, do better and maybe read your Bible more. I mean, I'm for Bible reading. Uh, or... You know, whatever you would try to you said beholding, actually Bible reading is a great way to behold the Lord. So beholding, reflecting, we're being changed, transformed. That's how it's happening inwardly. So to wrap it up, there's the change. Uh, this part of us was changed, right? And actually part of that is a transfer, and we covered this this week in the Bible study. We covered that, so it, it, part of our being saved is to bring us out of the world. This is the world, which Satan, all the world lies in the evil one. You know that. It's a verse. And the Lord wants to change our realms. So we've got regenerated. So he says, believe and be baptized. So change realms. And this is realm of the person. This is God, God's realm. This is the realm of resurrection. This is the world of separation from the world. So he wants to bring this vessel. This is man's container. He wants to come inside of us, change this part of us, get us out of this realm, take us out of this, put us into himself and his son, Christ, son's death, and the body. So this is another society. This is a society that crucified the Lord. That's why Peter said in, in chapter 2, he said, what, he said, man, what should we be saved? He said, you, you lawless men, you nailed him to the cross. That's your generation. And so they said, well, what should, we be, what should we do? He says, repent and leave that realm. Get out of there. Don't identify with the people that are crucifying the Lord Jesus. Switch realms to the ones that love Jesus. So a change. So then that sets us up for the change in this part of our being called what? Transformation in our soul. And eventually there'll be a final change. This one was in a moment. This one's lifelong, and this one, it says, in a twinkling of an eye, everybody twinkle their eye real quick, boink. <laughs> in a twinkling of an eye, 
your body will be transfigured. It will be glorified. Oh my goodness, I'm waiting. As I get older, this decay is getting greater and greater, so I'm, I'm waiting for that new body. And that will be a change. So you see, God is changing. Transformation is a metabolic inward change. You got it? So the four things we got tonight are, one, God wants building. For that, for building, we need to be transformed. Got it? And for transformation, God's working all things together for good. And that causes things, us to turn to the Lord, and that's an inward metabolic change. You got it? Could you repeat them? What's one? God wants building. Boom. Purpose for that. For building, what needs to happen? We need Good. And so, how do we get transformed? All things are working together for good. Transform us. And then what happens when all these things are working together? What's going on? Inward, inward change. Praise the Lord. Okay, we got it.